Welcome to Photoactive, a podcast about photography and technology. I'm Kirk McElhern. And I'm Jeff Carlson. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. So just as we prepped, I noticed that we're up to episode 150. What? 150? 150 episodes. Wait a minute. All right. It feels like we just started this last year. It did. It did. I mean, that's – I mean, actually, I have no idea. We're like four years in, three years in. Four. We started this – I'd have to go back to the uh, – I think – weren't we doing this weekly initially, but then we realized that was way too much for us. And then yeah. we moved to two weeks. So 150 would be three years at weekly or six years at two weeks. What are you doing math? Don't you math in front of me, sir. <laughs> I am a writer and I reject your math. <laughs> yes, we're, we're writers. We're not mathers, as you said in a recent comment on, on Facebook about something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, 150, it's been a long time and I don't even realize that. And But there's some also some spooky numerology going on there, isn't there? Yes, because today uh, we're going to talk about some, I don't know, some minor products that came out. The iPhone 15, the iPhone 1.5, and the iPhone 1.5 Pro. That's how we should say it for now on. <laughs> the iPhone 1.5 1 Pro. <laughs> the 1.5. You, you know, I just scrolled down on our photoactive.co webpage and it looks like we started in 2018. So it's a little bit more than five years. May wow. 29th, 2018 was the first episode release. That doesn't seem real. I believe you, well, but it doesn't seem we, real. We had that we had that weird period of COVID that kind of skewed our appreciation of time, right? That, that continues to skew my appreciation yeah. of time for sure. Yeah. So what about this new um, telephone? Does it have a dial? Does it have a, a ringer? I'm sure. Does it have it, one of those handsets connected to the thing with the dial? I'm sure you could get all of those things from Amazon. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So I think also uh, given our tradition and the timing of, of when these things come out, uh, we should probably mention we're recording this the week that the iPhones come out. So pre-orders right. have already happened. We have not actually touched or used these devices at all. I've seen pictures of it. I've also seen pictures of it and uh, I've actually written quite a lot about it based on specs, uh, some articles for DP Review that we'll link in the show notes. But it's important to point out that even though we have not actually had hands-on experience with these – we are podcasters and that doesn't matter. We can <laughs> opine and talk about it as much as we want. Well, but also we have – I don't know about you. I've got two decades of experience writing about technology. You have a yeah. similar amount. Yeah. So we know how to read the specs and to understand from Apple's presentation uh, what these sort of things mean. Like for example, the iPhone 15 vanilla, no modifier, mm -hmm. is pretty much the same as the iPhone 14 Pro, at least as far as the camera is concerned. And we're, we're really only going to talk about the cameras on this episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the, there are, of course, lots of things that we can talk about. And I would say, for the most part, that's true, except for some caveats. Let's start with some basic specs. The big news about these is that every iPhone 15 and I, iPhone 15 Pro now has a 48 megapixel camera, main camera. Main camera. 
the main camera is now 48 megapixels. Right. The ultra wide camera is the same. The 3X telephoto in the iPhone 15 Pro is the same as what was in the iPhone 14 Pro. But there are also some other circumstances. But but just sticking with the iPhone 15 by itself, um, it doesn't have the exact same sensor that is in the iPhone 14 Pro. It just happens to be 48 megapixels. It's a little bit smaller, physically smaller. And of course, the, the iPhone 15 doesn't have a telephoto lens. So it still only has two cameras. Right. But because they have the 48 megapixels, you kind of have a telephoto because you get the 2x mode, which does the, the crop, the 12 megapixel crop in the middle of the sensor. Right. If you didn't understand that, maybe <laughs> <laughs> listen again because it is kind of confusing. It, maybe let's let's look at this in terms of – let's look at it from the other side, the, the user side use case. You want to take this kind of picture. What can you do with the iPhone 15 non-pro? Mm, right. Uh, like what, what kind of picture? Just any kind of picture? Any kind of picture. What kind of – you want to do portraits? You can do portraits. You get portrait mode. There's even a new portrait mode. You yeah. want to do wide angle? You can do wide angle. You want to do macro? You still can't do that on the non-pro model. That's only on the pro model. That's correct, even though they both have the same ultra-wide camera, yep. which is you know slightly weird, but um, they have to there differentiate to the models, a, right? Right. There has to be a reason to spend more for the pro. Yeah. So I think one of the the – Big factors here is that we can't help but compare with the iPhone 14 Pro because a lot of the, the hardware is the same. But with the 14 Pro, if you wanted to shoot in 48 megapixels, you had to shoot in RAW. So you were either getting a 12 megapixel pixel bend image that basically lots of processing going on or – you would say, no, 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 I want all the resolution. Give me a 48 megapixel. But what you had to do was you had to shoot that in RAW. Now, with the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Pro, what's nice is you don't have to do RAW. In fact, the iPhone 15 will not shoot in RAW because that's a Pro feature. So what you end up with is if you choose the uh, – I think they're calling it the 48 MP – no, the RAW Max. JPEG Max. JPEG Max, Hyph Max, I think they're calling it. There's like a Hyph or Heath. I've heard it both ways. HEIF Max, which is your 48 megapixels, or JPEG Max. We'll get to that in a second. But what you're doing is you're getting a full resolution image that is not raw. So it's processed using all of the fusion and photonic engine and all that that kind of stuff. Uh, but photonic engine, what is this Star Wars? I love, I love, <laughs> I love the term photonic engine. <laughs> I feel really dumb typing it when I'm <laughs> when I'm writing about this. I was like, well, the photonic engine enables the blah 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, come on, Apple's marketing every once in a while. They just they just know how to make it both great and ridiculous at the same time. What this means is, I'll just complete my thought, is that you can get a 48 megapixel image, super high resolution, and it will only take up about five megabytes of storage in your phone versus about 75 megabytes for that 48 megapixel raw image. Okay. I'm not, I'm going to have to disagree with that because I'm looking on my iPhone 14 Pro. Um, a, a JPEG 
at 48 megapixels would be 10 megabytes. The 12 megapixel Pro RAW would be 25 megabytes. And the 48 megapixel Pro RAW, 75 megabytes. Now, if I go over to compatibility, hyphen. Oh, you're right. See, you're talking in hyphen. I'm talking in JPEG. So the hyphen is, is only 5 megabytes. The Pro RAW is 25 at 12 megapixels and 75 at 48 megapixels. I'm surprised that it's half the size because we were talking about this before we started recording and I read that Hyph is about 20% smaller than JPEG. Half is a very big difference. Maybe when you're going up to that many megapixels, they can save more. But, and I want to do an episode with someone who knows to explain to me why I should use Hyph instead of JPEG. Yeah. I see Hyph, I see smaller files, less quality. So I keep mine on JPEG, even though I shoot in RAW most of the time. Mm. Okay. The quality issue is the open question. I shoot in in Hyph and don't really see anything, but also I've, I'm not comparing. And j- just to back up, the way that you can choose these different modes, it's the the Hyph is the default, and if you are in settings, camera formats, there's a camera capture setting called either high efficiency, which is Hyph, or most compatible, which switches it to JPEG. And uh, one thing you noted earlier, most people have just been talking about how you can get 48 megapixel hyphs out of these new cameras and not mentioning JPEG. And I think that's kind of a marketing sleight of hand because that's the default. But even reviewers are saying this. Reviewers aren't smart. <laughs> well, come oh, on. No, no, I no, just I well put a link in the show notes. I watched Chris and Jordan's review for Petapixel. Yeah. Um, and Chris, who has never used an iPhone before, Chris um, Chris Nichols said that it was uh, it was you could get up to forty eight megapixel hype. He didn't mention JPEG. Shame yeah. on him. I mean, I think it's because only people who are having a concern like you are about the image quality or want the most compatibility are taking that extra step to switch to JPEG. So it's also just kind of being left out of the conversation because the yeah. point being, you know, you get 48 megapixels. That's not raw. It would be interesting to compare a 48 megapixel Hyph and JPEG to a 12 megapixel Pro RAW. Absolutely. We'll have to look at this in – when you get your new telephone, we'll have to look at this uh, – uh, and we can compare. I can compare on mine and you can compare on the 15. We can take a few pictures and we can try and compare yeah. them because it would be useful to be able to tell our listeners, should you shoot in Pro Raw, but at 12 megapixels, if you don't want 48 megapixels, it's going to take up 75 megabytes. Mm-hmm. Which is better, shooting the 12 megapixel Pro Raw or shooting the 48 megapixel Hive or JPEG? Yeah. I think I think there's going to be a balance where, you know, recovering shadows and stuff like that in the raw, you wouldn't get in the JPEG. You'll get more detail in the JPEG, but we'll save that for another episode because you don't have your new telephone yet. I think it'll be interesting because it, it's not just is this one format or another. It's that Hyfe is also wrapped. The image that you get is an HEIC file, which is a container, and the container contains – the image file plus any live live photos, live photos, motion, you know, video clips, and I don't know what else they can put in their depth data. It's a big old package that nonetheless gets smaller. So yeah, definitely good fodder for a future episode. So you are getting a new telephone, and I'm not. 
I decided not to buy one. I really don't need it. Uh, the camera difference isn't that important to me. I've already got my 48 megapixels. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pro Max does have a new camera, which we'll talk about in a minute, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. But I'm going to predict that while people are going to buy it, most people aren't going to use it. Anyway, what else do we know about the non-Pro cameras? I think the other really significant things that stand out in my mind is – and this is also the the non and the pro is that the default shooting mode is now twenty four megapixel images. So I know we're throwing around a whole lot of numbers, but basically right now we have a forty eight megapixel sensor. The iPhone fourteen Pro, the default mode is you will end up with a twelve megapixel image because it takes you know, basically four pixels and uses them as one, and that's that's how math works. Woo math. But <laughs> there's been a lot of math involved in this. And you know what? It, yeah. uh, a quick aside, I – as a reviewer and as somebody who is writing about the, you know, the news and the specs and all of that, I'm occasionally getting confused and, and having to recheck my work because we're talking about three or four different cameras with different resolutions and different all of this. So I can only imagine what somebody who doesn't do this for a living, looking at all the specs, it's got to be really confusing about buying a camera. So that's just me opining. Well, it's true since last year with the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro, where they made a bigger distinction between the non-Pro and the Pro models. Previously, it was two cameras versus three. Then it became two cameras versus three plus Pro Raw. Now it's still Pro Raw on the Pro and two cameras, but you get a, a 48 megapixel sensor. And it's like, pick the color you want and buy the phone you want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you're really into the photography, then you get to the Pro Max. Mm-hmm. Well, then you get to the Pro, which has the third camera, and the Pro Max, which has an even different telephoto lens. Exactly. And that's one of the biggest changes. With smaller resolution. But OK. So so here's the cool thing about the Pro Max. And this is one of those years where the Pro and the Pro Max, the difference is, is in the camera, not just the screen size, which is slightly annoying. But there's also a difference in the amount of default storage. So in order to charge... $200 more for the Pro Max, they're giving you 250 gigabytes of storage, which costs them about six bucks more, but which would cost you a hundred bucks more if you bought it in addition, if it started with 128. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody use 128 on their phones? Do I, you? My, I have 128 on mine. It's only half full because oh. all my stuff's in the cloud. I don't shoot a lot of videos. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Actually, my 14 Pro, I got a 512 gig version, thinking, you know, because because it's it shoots Pro Raw video and all of that. That was a mistake. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the one that's coming, the the 15 Pro that I ordered, uh, is, is going to go back to 256 gigs. And now you watch, I'll end up for some reason shooting a lot of lossless log graded uh, pro raw video and 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 screw myself. Okay, but then then I want to take a turn to the side here to point okay. out something that's really important to know about that since the new iPhones have USB C, you can shoot all that stuff on the iPhone Pro or Pro Max and you can record your video onto an external SSD. And so in Chris and Jordan's video, they were doing that. They were shooting 4K video, recording it 
on a different device. So you're not even using the storage on your phone. So if you know you're going to be shooting a lot of video, you've got a half a dozen of those portable SSDs like I do. And just plug that in and don't worry about the storage on the phone. Yep. And I think that if you want to record 4K at 60 frames per second, you have to go external. It won't record that. It'll only record 4K 30 frames per second internally. Yeah. Yeah. So no, that, that is an excellent point. To make out. So, yay, I made the right decision. <laughs> okay, wait. Stepping back, we want to talk about the Pro Max difference because uh, I think what a lot of people are going to be looking at is that the Pro Max has a 5X zoom. And Apple says this is a 120 millimeter equivalent zoom. And you say to yourself, well, that's very cool, but how can they do that? Because these are all small devices. And one of my favorite words is it is a tetraprismatic lens. Tetraprism. It's wonderful. It's clever because I've seen – I've heard about periscopic lenses, which is basically a lens with a mirror like a periscope in a a submarine. So there's a long channel that instead of pointing out from the sensor, the sensor is – at a 90-degree angle, and there's a long channel because for a telephoto lens, the light has to travel further. But they've got a thing where it's bouncing around four times, and that's so cool. It is. I I mean, the engineering to make some of these things happen is just mind-boggling, especially at the scale. I mean, you know, like these are all still very, very, very small. And at least from what I could tell, all of the, the initial reviews were released today, and I've only just started looking at them. But it seems to do a pretty good job of, you know, A, giving you extra reach with that zoom, uh, but also like the image quality is is not bad. The one thing about that is, is that that sensor is only a 12 megapixel sensor and will only give you 12 megapixel images. So it's not like the, the, the main camera that will give you 24 megapixels. So there's a bit of a trade-off, but then again, we've lived with 12 megapixels for years and years. And so sometimes like that reach, especially and hopefully having that reach be mostly optical versus a digital zoom should make a big difference. And I'm hoping – Oh, it makes – it it will make a huge difference. And I think that's important because most people when their iPhone – that when they're turning the little zoom – arc, semicircle, whatever, they see it go up to 5x or 8x or 10x. And you're just saying they got a 5x zoom, like, well, I've already had that for years, but you don't. What you have is a digital zoom Mm -hmm. that kind of interpolates the pixels and kind of mushes them together. So you don't get the same quality. Now, I don't know how much you can go above the 5x with a digital zoom. Can you go to 10x or more? That is a very good question. I think that it is just... It must be more, but I haven't seen that uh, uh, listed anywhere. Okay. That's a good question. That'll be a question for our next episode. Yeah. Here's something really interesting that I found. For the first time, Apple has started talking in um, focal length equivalents, 24 millimeters, 28, 35, 77, 120. And I kind of wonder if the popularity of these fixed lens mirrorless cameras like the X100 series, like the Leica Q series – Rico GR, whatever. I wonder if that's got Apple a little bit worried that people are switching to real cameras instead of the iPhone. No. So they're trying to talk to <laughs> photographers who are thinking about lenses. Well, instead of the the X zoom doesn't mean anything to anyone. Right. So I I think there are two things that are happening here. Um, yes. 
they are well okay two and a half things no <laughs> apple is not worried about any other camera companies uh taking over i mean that would be just like a tiny blip in a in a in a small spreadsheet of a difference uh but w- what i think they are doing are a couple of different things one by using the millimeter equivalents they are speaking to photographers because they know most of the people who are going to buy these things especially going from like a 14 pro to a 15 pro like the camera makes a huge difference in whether you're going to you're going to choose this so i think in one sense they're they're courting photographers but in another sense they're giving that photographer sheen to the product so people who aren't photographers they'll be thinking oh well they're referring to things now as 120 millimeters or they say that I can choose between three different focal lengths, the 24 and the 28 and the 35. And I've heard 35 millimeter is like a popular photographer thing. So this must be a better tool for photography. Even if I don't even know what that is, I think – I mean I think it's all marketing, but I think it's effective in that way. I think the majority of people have no idea what any of that means. The only thing that they would notice is 35 millimeter. Oh, I've heard of 35 millimeter yeah. film, right? Yep. But other than that, saying 77 or 120 millimeters or 24, most people don't know what that is. But they don't have to. That's the key. Uh, you're, you're saying it's a subtle sort of um, – um, uh, a brain virus thing that <laughs> yes. kind of transfers the feeling that they're getting a better telephone when they buy it because of the, the lens being in millimeters. It's the photographer mind virus. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds more professional. Yes. Because you're right. Like saying 5X zoom doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything to photographers. It doesn't really mean anything to uh, individual users. It's just I know that this is going to be more than 3x. This is going to be more than my my 1x camera. But as I said earlier, you've already been able to get that 5x zoom on your iPhone. So if you don't understand how it's different, you might not think it's different. And I don't think adding millimeter equivalent focal lengths is going to change that. I think Apple, they kind of box themselves into a corner. I mean, I guess all Android cameras do this as well with zooms as 1x, mm-hmm. 2x, 5x, 10x, mm-hmm. digital zoom, etc. But now they're trying to say the same 5x is better than the other 5x, and they're not really explaining it for people who wouldn't know anything about photography and lenses. Yeah, but I don't think they really need to because for those people, they just know that they're going to get more zoom. So I think another part of this too is this highlights the the three focal length uh, field of view settings that they have for the main camera where Apple is sort of disingenuously saying it's like having seven cameras on this on this yeah. one, which is is lame and dumb and marketing and, and and whatever. But what it means is that with the main camera, you can choose a preferred field of view. So again, 24, 28, or 35. And for a lot of photographers, like a lot of photographers like that 35 millimeter view. They think that, that the 24 millimeter that's the default for the main camera is just a little bit too wide. Well, let's give you something that's better. 
Okay, we need to talk about that because they're saying that you can choose your default main camera lens. But when we talk about the main camera as being the one with 48 megapixels, it doesn't mean that you're choosing the 35 millimeter to be the main camera with 48 megapixels. It's you're choosing the one that defaults when you open the camera app, which may be 12 megapixels or it may be 48 megapixels, right? No, actually, let's say that, that I prefer shooting at a 35 millimeter focal length. But every time I open my my camera app, I'm at 24 millimeters. So maybe I have to zoom in or whatever. But I would prefer to have the 35 millimeter. So you can say, all right, I want the 35 to be my default. Right. That's what I said. But it's not changing the sensor on the main camera, what we call the main camera, the 1X camera. It's not changing that. It's not changing that. It's it's no. basically cropping into that. You're still getting a 24 megapixel image because it, it's oh, doing the okay. interpolation. Okay. Basically, w- w- what's happening to make this 24 megapixels is it's taking a whole bunch of shots at 12 megapixels, where it does all of its all of its uh, fusion and its photonic engine technology for you know noise reduction and uh, people recognition, blah, 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 blah. And then it squashes that all together. And then it takes a 48 megapixel image of the same scene. Of course, this is all happening in in milliseconds. And then uses that to basically upscale the 12 megapixel version and, and provide detail. So when you're shooting at that 35 millimeter, you're getting a crop of your big sensor, but also... All of the processing is happening and you end up with a 24 megapixel image. There's a lot of of computational photography going on here at every stage. Okay. So uh, I just sent you an image from Apple's website where they say, what's your main mm -mm millimeters? And they're showing three images and they're claiming that they're 24 millimeters, 28 and 35. I'm sorry. The difference between 24, 28 and 35 is not as pronounced as that. What they're showing here is more like the difference between 24 and 70 or 80 with the close-up on the right. Uh, I would say that if the one on the left is 24, the one in the middle would be 50, and the one on the right would be 70 or 80. Yeah, this has come up in a lot of forums uh, in the comments on one of the DP Review articles I wrote. Uh, people were like, how can you say that these are the different ones? I'm like, this is Apple's image. And I would believe, let's give like a very tiny uh, benefit of the doubt, that these are shot using those different focal lengths. but I think it's like, okay, we're going to switch to the 35 millimeter and we're going to take three steps closer. Yeah. Like clearly gonna, this camera yeah. is not in the same physical space. Because they're not the same photo. The model is looking in different directions. The lighting's different, et cetera. Another thing is these are not 24, 28, and 35 millimeters. These are crops to simulate that field of view. Yes. And that's another thing. Yeah. This is getting complicated, isn't it? Right. Exactly. So, I mean I- – I think there's a whole lot of Apple spin going on here. I know. I know it's hard to believe Apple would, would spin things like this. Um, and and I think – I mean ultimately it's because there's not a whole lot that's new. Tetraprismatic lens, that's pretty new. Tetraprismatic lens is very new and, and, and that is yeah. very cool. But it's also only on the, the, the Pro Max. And so to have features that appeal to everyone um, – this to me feels like the um, – what was the thing last year? Photographic styles that I've looked at once or twice once. And, then, 
and then totally forgotten about. This seems like we are making a change because they can. And I think the technology is still very interesting and some people will get some things out of it. But it's not it's not real groundbreaking. It just sort of seems like, hey, your Leica now has a leather case instead of a, (laughs) you know, bear case or something. I mean – that's actually not very fair, but well, it's... this was a pretty weak year in terms of new features, and that's why they spent twenty minutes talking about the environment because they wanted to fill time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the Apple Watch has two tiny new features, the tetraprismatic lens. That's a big deal. If you do use a telephoto, my guess is most people won't use it for very much because most people do take photos close up when they're with friends, things like that. If you're on vacation and you're doing a landscape, you might want to use it, but I don't think it's going to be the preferred. Uh, camera for a lot of people. But there aren't a lot of new features. Uh, I I would say that if you're not a tech journalist and need, don't need to review it, you shouldn't buy the iPhone 15 uh, Pro if you have an iPhone 14 Pro. Now, if you don't have a Pro, then getting even the non-Pro at the 48 megapixels, that's a big leap. Um, on one of my other podcasts, when talking about the new iPhone and the new Apple Watch, I pointed out something that we always compare to last year's model. But most people, they upgrade every two or three years. So if you're upgrading from a 12 or a 13, go for whichever one you want. This yes. is going to be a huge upgrade for you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even just in terms of like night mode and things like that, that we forget about when we do the incremental one-year upgrades – uh, because I, I mean, and allegedly night mode is better in here because the the pro models have a, a better processor, uh, the A17 Pro processor. You know, but I'm actually kind of envious of the people who have held on to like their iPhone 10 or 10s, and then finally realize that okay, it's starting to get to be that time, and I'm going to jump to a 15 Pro. Like that has got to be a great upgrade, and for some people. Yeah, it- that's how they do because the iPhones actually retain their use for many years. Okay, we're we're past a half an hour. Is we there anything are. more to say um, about I, this new telephone? A couple of things that I do want to point out is that the portrait mode feature is actually kind of interesting. If the and this is on the 15s and the 15 Pros, if it detects a person or a pet, it'll automatically take a portrait mode image, sort of the way. The macro mode uh, works now where you you get close and it just sort of switches into that mode and you don't have to like specifically switch into the portrait mode. And that's kind of cool. What's also cool is that the depth map that it's creating, they are now able to uh, let you change the focus later. And all you have to do is just tap on another area in the Photos app when you're editing and say like have the background in focus instead of the foreground and that's pretty cool and what's even more cool is if you have a uh, an iPhone 14 Pro or I think maybe even going back to like the 13 I'm not entirely sure about this and you upgrade to iOS 17 which is out now you get that same feature of being able to change your your depth focus so before you could just say, I want the background to look like f2.8 or I want it to be a little bit more sharp so it's like f8. You could change that. But now it will actually blur the foreground in order to make the background stand out. And at least on a couple of shots that I've looked at on my iPhone 14 Pro, it has done a pretty good job. 
but it only seems to be from the 13 Pro forward that I'm able to use that feature on portrait images that I shot years ago. I'm trying that right now on my iPhone 14 Pro, and I don't have many portrait mode photos, but I'm not seeing any change. And this is updated to iOS 17. When you open an image, a, a portrait image, is it giving you a little um, – uh, so, sorry, you're opening an image, you're tapping at it, and then is it giving you a little focus box sort of like when you are uh, shooting? No, it's not. I, I get the depth option at the bottom showing equivalent f-stops, hmm. but I don't see a focus box anywhere. Interesting. These might be photos that I shot before the 14. Yeah, that might be. So here's one from 2019. So that's probably too old. Uh, I have one here. No, the, the I haven't shot any portrait mode photos since 2019. So I just don't use my iPhone enough to see that. I'll try I'll try later with one of my cats. Okay. Yeah. I I went through my my uh shots just to see how far back that that feature works. And I think it was about the, the 13 Pro where I had the option. And then Okay, so two years. Two years, yeah. yeah. Hey, one good thing to note about USB C, which is really interesting, you can charge another device from your iPhone. And that's really cool. Yeah. So it goes in both ways. Let's say you've got the new AirPods Pro that have a USB-C connector or you have a USB-C to lightning connector for the older AirPods Pro. Or let's say you've got a real camera and you've got an iPhone and the battery's charged and you've got a real camera that charges with USB that's run out of power. So you can transfer power from your iPhone to the real camera. That is very cool. That's something that the iPad Pros have done for a little while. Exactly. Um, yeah. So so Apple has only mentioned doing the AirPods Pro and the Apple Watch. and You can go to anything because you can go to anything. Is, okay. th- this is a standard USB-C cable. It's no kind of made for iPhone cable. Okay. It's not got to be licensed or anything. So you do need to make sure you get the right cable. Didn't someone you know write an article about getting the right USB-C cable? Glenn Fleischman has written extensively about USB cables. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll link right. to that in the show, show notes because that also brings up one last point with the USB-C is that even though they all have USB-C, uh, the iPhone 15 and the iPhone 15 Plus only have USB 2 speeds. and That's the, the one from last century. The last century, really. Like, yeah. So it's like 480 megabits per second, I think. Um, yeah. The Pros can do uh, USB 3.2 Gen 2 um, <laughs> uh, speeds. 10 gigabits per second. Ten, up to 10 gigabits up per second. Up to 10 gigabits per second. But – you have to get a separate cable that's rated for that data transfer. The one in the box right. is really just for charging or USB to uh, transfer right. speeds. So, Right. Um, one of the best things you can do is buy a Thunderbolt cable because USB-C is a minefield. Um, you can buy a Thunderbolt cable. I forget which third party makes it that's half the price of Apple's. OWC. OWC, yes. Yeah. They make a very good Thunderbolt cable. I think Apple's is like $40. The OWC is $20. Um, you'll be able to use that to transfer data to and from a Mac, iPhone, a recent iPad, et cetera, at those higher speeds. Which is really great if you're shooting video and you have huge, huge, huge files. Okay. Anything else? 
Probably, but okay. <laughs> this is this, we we don't want to go too long because in our next episode we will have the hands-on discussion of the camera. So we're not going to do snapshots this time, but we will next time when we come back when Jeff has a new telephone in his hands. Exactly. Until next time, Jeff. Until, I hope you enjoy your new telephone that you're going to get in three days. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to turn this around slightly. Go to our Facebook group. Go to the Photoactive Facebook group and give us a snapshot. I would love to hear Ooh. what what listeners would like to recommend as snapshots because we're always you know recommending things to you. Tell us something that we don't know about. Oh, and one more thing. In episode 149, we offered to give away a free year's membership to the photo service Glass. We're happy to announce that listener Charles P. was randomly chosen from our list of photoactive newsletter subscribers. We only use the newsletter to announce when new episodes are posted and for giveaways like this. So if you're not yet subscribed, go to photoactive.co and sign up. Thanks for listening to Photoactive. You can find show notes, including any photos we discuss in this episode, at photoactive.co. That's photoactive.co. We couldn't afford the M. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash photoactivecast. That's photoactivecast in one word. You can subscribe to Photoactive in your favorite podcast app or on Apple Podcasts. See the links on our website. And think about leaving us a rating or review in iTunes or in your podcast app.